Hello, and welcome to the SkyU Podcast. I am U Street. We have returned from the bye week, rested, healthy, not limping in the slightest. Joining me this week is Andy, go for guy 5 Well, some of us might be limping, but you know, you never know because all you're hearing is our voices. Andy being real dark to lead us off. And we also have Blake. I will uh, go for Not limping, 100% healthy coming out of the bye week. That's important. We uh, we did a lot of self-scouting in the bye week, and by self-scouting, I mean we hopefully did a variety of other fun things that had nothing related to football, but we are back involved in football. I am personally devastated. The one week a year Michigan is supposed to do something for us, they promptly crap the bed. Nonetheless, we turn to Purdue, and given that we're previewing, we of course turn to Blake. Blake, tell us how much we should be scared about Purdue. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, regardless of the opponent, just the nature of the way uh, the Gophers have won their first two games of the season, I think we should be terrified of literally any team that has uh, warm bodies. But uh, Purdue, they've had a bit of a rough start to the year. They're 1-2. and two. Uh, They had a 24-7 to lead at halftime in the season opener against Nevada and then got outscored 27-7 to in the second half, uh, lost on the last second field goal. Uh, following week, they returned home to face Vanderbilt, beat them 42-24, but the uh, game came at a kind of a high cost. They lost uh, quarterback Elijah Sindelar to a concussion. Um, the following week, his backup was under center, and the offense was decidedly less effective uh, in the loss to TCU. But I think the final score was something like 34-13. So. And this is also – this past weekend was also their bye week, so both teams will have a week to kind of uh, rest up and, and get healthy. I it's unclear whether Sindelar uh, will be ready or not. According to uh, head coach Jeff Brommer this week, he said they had a kind of a setback last Thursday and had to restart um, concussion protocol. So we'll see what happens. I think I definitely think that offensively they're better with um, Sindelar under center as opposed to his backup, Jack Plummer. Um, Plummer is a redshirt freshman, whereas Sindelar is a senior. Um, Plummer's first collegiate game action was his start against TCU, and he completed less than 50% of the passes and, through two interceptions so uh bit of a rough start for him uh if he's starting on saturday i think the gophers should probably like their chances better than if Sindelar is but uh unfortunately Plummer does have some weapons um at his disposal i mean everyone knows who rondale morris all big 10 wide receiver you know the guy that can score from anywhere on the field uh and he's they've got a couple other uh good wide receivers too um i think chief among them is uh, they got a retro freshman named uh my anderson He's a little small. I think he's like 5'11", 175, but he ranks second on the team with 13 receptions and 167 receiving yards. Um, they've got another freshman, I think David Bell, who's got six receptions for 130 yards, but he's a little banged up uh, with a shoulder injury. And then they, they've got a popular red zone target um, in their senior tight end, Bryson Hopkins. He's got three touchdowns through the first two games of the season. So Plummer's got some... Some weapons there. I, I, I always assume you know he's gonna have a better time through his second time um, under center. But again, we don't know who's gonna start. Um, possibly the good news though for the Gopher defense is Purdue really doesn't have anything resembling a rushing attack. They're averaging something like 50 yards total rushing per game, at about 2.1 yards per carry. Um, they've got a couple of running backs, a sophomore and a, and a freshman that. <laughs> just aren't finding any running lanes and I can't, you know, create anything out of nothing. The offensive line um, has been pretty bad. And I think any Purdue fan would admit to that um, to start the season. Uh, they're replacing, you know, four of last season's five starters. And it's just, 
not gone well whether it's a lack of talent or experience um they just have not been able to establish any sort of running game so it's a it's a pretty one-dimensional offense at this point um which is kind of an interesting matchup for minnesota since they've been pretty good at stopping the run um i think to me this matchup kind of reminds me of fresno state whereas they didn't really have the ability to run the ball so they're very pass heavy and Obviously, the Gophers kind of had an up-down game there, um, but we'll kind of see how things play out on Saturday uh, for, from a defensive standpoint for the Gophers. Um, as far as Purdue's defense goes, it's I mean, it's a pretty solid unit. Uh, they just have, I think the last, now two weeks ago against TCU, they were just on the field a lot um, with how bad the Purdue, offen- uh, Purdue offense played with Plummer at quarterback. Um the big hit for Purdue's defense was Marcus Bailey, their senior linebacker, was lost to a season-ending knee injury, and he's really been looked to as, like, referred to as the field general of the defense, um, and so they've had to kind of fill a huge vacuum with him, and uh, their best replacement for him was a grad transfer linebacker, Ben Holt, who's um, really stepped up in Bailey's absence. I think he leads the team with, like, 35 tackles in three games alone. Um to me, just looking at Purdue, where they're most vulnerable, I think, is on the interior defensive line. They're just um, very small up front. That's something that TCU took advantage of. They rushed for, I think, 300-some yards against Purdue and just really kind of slashed and gashed them up the middle um, and kind of wore down that defense. Um, on the edge, though, it's kind of a different story. They've got a couple of defensive ends, uh, junior Derek Barnes, freshman George Karloftis. I'm probably not saying that right, but they are a pretty good pass-rushing team, which may present some problems for a gopher offensive line that maybe hasn't pass protected as well as they could have. Um, Korloftis, the freshman, actually has, um, I think, leads the team with 21 pressures, 14 tackles, 3.5 tackles for loss. Um, actually has an interception, too. So um, that'll be an interesting matchup to watch, especially with how much you know Minnesota struggled. Um, although Sam Schluter has been uh, <laughs> their most consistent performer at left tackle, so um, hopefully he's up to the task, but uh, it'd be just kind of, it'll be interesting to see. I think that this is a game that'll be decided within the trenches, um, just because I don't think Purdue's defensive line has really played much very physical. I know Brahm said as much earlier this week that he just isn't seeing much physicality up front, but I think the same could be said of Minnesota's offensive line. Um, it's just not a very physical group. They're not, you know, communicating effectively or consistently, so I think it'll be a matter of which one of those lines um has the better game because um, if the Minnesota can't run the ball, which they've, I can't say they've done with any consistency. I think they may run into some problems because I just don't think this is a team that can pass constantly and expect to win. But I mean, despite what we saw in the game winning drive against uh, Georgia Southern, but it'll be an interesting matchup. I think it'll be closer than anyone really wants. Uh, I think as much as people might be down at Purdue, but um, definitely an interesting matchup and it's always going to be a close game between Minnesota and Purdue. You say that, but if I recall correctly, it was not a tremendously close game last time Purdue and Minnesota played, and also the time before. And one of the things that occurred the time before is that uh, Shannon Brooks was healthy. Andy, Shannon Brooks supposedly is returning to the lineup after being out for the beginning of the season. Do you think that this is going to radically affect Minnesota's rushing attack, or do you think it's not going to be that big of a deal? Uh, I think it will be. Uh, I think it'll definitely change things up. I mean, I think we saw just depth-wise, um, you know, two weeks ago against uh, against Georgia Southern, when all of a sudden both Rodney Smith and and Mo Ibram didn't even play, got banged up, and we're we're down to the Cam Wileys of the world. Um, 
you know, not that, that Cam Wiley isn't great, but he's a, you know, true freshman playing his first game, whereas you've got Shannon Brooks coming back now who can who can see some action, who's a redshirt senior, who, um, I mean, at times, two years ago, we were thinking he was the best back on the team, better than Rodney Smith. He's more of a power back, which if what Blake's saying about the interior of Purdue's line being the weakest part is truth, um, it would be interesting to see if, if, you know, Brooks can get some ground there and if he can uh, make some make some move and try and get past uh, the second level and, and, and do that. I think, you know, he's probably our strongest true power back, whereas both Rodney Smith and Mo Ibrahim are more uh, lateral side-to-side backs. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's giving the Gophers another threat, and uh, I'm sure somebody has the stats here. I don't have them directly in front of me, but uh, Shannon Brooks likes beating up on Purdue. Um, he arguably probably has had his best career in the Big Ten against the Boilermakers. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully, I think the hope is that we see sort of the same running style that we saw from Brooks uh, in his lone game last year against Indiana, minus the fumbles, of course. Um, but just the, another, yeah, another the, threat to go out and the, the, Oh, sorry, in the ACL tear. Yes, well, that would that would also be a, a, a major blow if that would happen again. But, um, you know, but I think it, it gives the Gophers another look. Um, you know, not that not that Mo Ibrahim and, and uh, Rodney, 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 thank Smith. you, as I'm trying to spit that out, are the same type of back, but I think they are more similar. Uh, two of those backs are more similar than either of the Gophers' other running backs are to Shannon Brooks. So I think it really gives them another look. Um you know, and, and, and I think P.J. Fleck was, was quoted as saying, you know, that they haven't been running the, the Wildcat quite as much um, because they've got more running backs and the running backs have been having more success and things like that. And I think a healthy, full-speed Shannon Brooks even takes away from that even more. Um, while he doesn't quite have the size that Seth Green does, his, his running style is quite, quick, uh, quite similar Um so I, you know, I won't be surprised to see Brooks getting the ball on on short yardage plays at least uh, a couple times on Saturday. For those keeping track at home, Shannon Brooks has played against Purdue twice in 2015 and in 2017. In 2015, he had 17 rushing attempts for 176 yards and a touchdown. And in 2017, he had 18 rushing attempts for 116 yards. So he tends to quite like uh, Purdue. Also, last year, the one game he did play in was against Indiana. He had 22 for 154, so an average of 7. Maybe Shannon Brooks just enjoys playing against teams from the state of Indiana. I will close before we move into our kind of predictions for this game, thinking about a couple of aspects that four fans watching on Saturday. The first one, as Blake mentioned, is the off- our offensive line, and by ours, I, of course, being Minnesota, against Purdue's defensive line, but in particular, whether or not Minnesota can establish inside zone. Given the, uh, shall we say, lack of girth along Purdue's front four, this should be an ideal situation for Minnesota to get back on track. Having the bye week should also be helpful. Fans should be very excited if the inside zone against Purdue works well. The second matchup that I think will be particularly important will be Minnesota's outside linebackers against uh, Purdue's sort of slot receivers and potentially tight ends slash running backs into the backfield. Because Purdue has some difficulty running the ball, but also generally with Jeff Burns' offense, there's going to be a lot of quick hitters and a lot of attempts to get their athletes in space. That's going to put a lot of pressure 
on Minnesota's linebackers to be successful. That includes not only reading keys, but also maintaining gap integrity and gap control. It also includes being able to snuff things out. And so when the first guy gets to a tackler corralling, that making that first tackle instead of allowing their man to slip by them and get into the secondary. Minnesota's defense can be very successful and has proven under Joe Rossi especially that they can be very successful against Purdue's offense. Certainly turnovers would be helpful, but I think that's the big matchup to watch on Saturday. Transitioning a little bit now, obviously, where there are things other than football occurring. The University of Minnesota inducted their new president, Joan Gable. We're all very excited. We send our congratulations to her on her new job. But in addition to awesome women doing awesome things, Gopher Women's Sports has also been doing pretty helpful, pretty well recently. Andy, how about you let us know uh, the recap of the last few weeks? Yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll start with volleyball. Obviously, the uh, the Gopher volleyball team hosted the Diet Coke Classic last week, which is, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, their easiest two games of the non-conference schedule. Um, they were two easily three-zero sweeps. They beat Clemson on Thursday night and Oral Roberts on Saturday night. Um, so the Gophers ended the non-conference season. Uh, with a eight and two record, or let's assume the eleven and two record, uh, and now they get to what people would argue is the the even tougher part of the schedule. Even though it's not quite as many high ranked teams, uh, well, just yet is is the Big Ten. Um, the Gophers will kick off Big Ten play this weekend at home at the Pav. Uh, they get uh, excuse me, they get Indiana on Friday night, and then Saturday night it will be another dual. Uh, go for a Purdue matchup. So here's to all of us. Uh, hopefully, go heading to West Lafayette, uh, able to watch the uh, Gopher football team win and and find some post game food and drinks and watch the uh, Gopher volleyball team win as Saturday night's game is on BTN starting at seven. So it should be just about perfect time to hopefully see a uh, Gopher sweep of the Boilermakers on Saturday. Um, going along with that. Uh, as we sort of teased last week, but the Gopher women's hockey team uh, had two easy exhibition game victories this past weekend. Their season starts for real this weekend, which is shocking to believe, but uh, the NCAA runner-up Gophers will take on the NCAA runner-ups from 2018, the Colgate... uh, I'm completely forgetting what Colgate's mascot is. I'm sure it's a large... It probably is. Anyways, Colgate comes to Ritter Arena for a pair this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, The Gophers are ranked preseason number two in both the USA Today poll and the USCHO poll. Uh, Colgate comes in ranked number 10 in the USA Today poll and the top receiving vote, so 11 in the USCHO poll. Um, You know, it will be a good test early for Minnesota. Uh, you know, they usually in the last few years have, have struggled this first series out of the gate. Uh, they don't get a, a real warm-up this year against a, a, a Patsy. They go right in to play a, a, a quality opponent week one. Um, you know, it'll be the first actual gameplay for a series of Gopher freshmen who are coming in this year. They've got some uh, high-scoring high players, hopefully. Uh, Madeline Wethington, freshman defenseman, uh, from Blake, she was uh, 
predicted earlier in the WCHA preseason poll to be the preseason rookie of the year. Um, one of the best defensemen in the country has played for the U.S. under-8 team the last three years. Uh, she'll step right into a top-two defensive pair for Minnesota. Um, they add forward Sydney Sheeran from White Bear Lake. She'll hopefully provide some scoring depth on the third or fourth line. And then they bring in a pair of freshman goaltenders, Michaela Paul and Olivia King. Michaela Paul from Rochester Mayo, Olivia King from Brainerd. Um, King will probably fill that fourth goalie role where she won't see too much actual action, at least the first year or two she's here. Um, but Paul has been the goalie for the U.S. under-18 national team the last two years, and she, uh, from what Brad Frost is saying, will get some looks and will push both uh, Sydney Scobie and Alex Goldstein, the two go for returning goalies from a year ago, uh, for some game action. So uh, Gophers... Return 70% of their scoring, 7 of their top 10 scorers from last season. They'll get to raise their regular season WCHA banner Friday night. Um, so hopefully the Gophers are set for another good year and get off to a good start here as we start the season early as, as all hell. As <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that we're playing real hockey in, at the end of September, but here we are. That seems very reasonable. Let's uh, finish out today uh, before we talk about another important but non-Minnesota-related topic by looking at our predictions for the Minnesota Golden Gophers facing off Purdue. The line, or at least the best line that we've seen, is Minnesota minus one, and given it's a road game, this is basically a slight pick with a bit of favorability towards Minnesota. Blake, do you agree with that line? Uh, I, want, I, <laughs> I hope for my sake it's not a one-point game. Um, just because I'll be in the stands. Um, but I think it'll be a close game. Uh, I, I just don't think Minnesota's to a point yet where he can effectively just blow out another Big Ten team. I mean, we saw that, you know, in a couple games last year, but I just don't know this team that at this point in the season is good enough yet. I mean, it's, it's a possibility, but I just can't in good conscience predict that. Um, also, taking into account last time the Gophers were in West Lafayette, um, it was basically a mud bowl. There's a lightning delay. Um, and also knowing that our fitness leader, Chris, will be at the game on Saturday and knowing his reputation um, for angering the rain gods, I, I have not checked the forecast yet for Saturday. Uh, I've, uh, got it. I've got it right here. The current forecast is 77 with a 40% chance of scattered thunderstorms. So, yes, knowing the way this will work, I, I am going to predict that we are going to unfortunately probably get stuck with a stupid lightning delay at some point during the game because I'll be sitting next to the rain god and I'm not looking forward to that. First off, we're definitely not going to give him god-level status. He is a water demon. <laughs> I'm incredibly thrilled about this. There is no streak that I want to last longer then every time Chris goes to a football game, it rains. But given, Blake, that we are potentially going to see a rain slog, how do you end up seeing this game come out? I I didn't know. Well, before I make my prediction, I didn't know the forecast. Now that I know it, I feel less confident about my prediction. I, my initial prediction is that 30-24 Gophers, I think both defenses aren't going to play perfect. Uh, both offenses are going to have a couple big plays, but I think that the Gophers pulled out in the end. But... If it does rain, I, I could see this being the kind of slog that we saw a couple of years ago when I think Purdue won 28-14 and that last touchdown um, was a pit was a Connor Road to pick six. So ultimately, I think the Gophers will come out on top. They've shown they're a resilient team. Um, they do face some adversity, whether that's weather 
or more mis- self-inflicted mistakes, I do think they are capable of coming out on top, and I do think they end up pulling away in this one. And selfishly, I hope Shannon Brooks has a great game. Andy, how about you? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think it will be a tight game, and and just to to give Chris a little bit of credit, this actually his rain streak has has reset because it was uh, perfect weather at, at Madison last year, which I believe was the last game we both attended. So um, he he's reset to zero, which I know will will make Alex unhappy, but you know it's it's a perfect time to start a new streak. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, if it, it becomes a, a wetter, muddier track, I think that might help the Gophers a little bit, especially if we're going to be running out three quality running backs to try and just grind on that on that smaller Purdue defensive line. Um, you know, I think Purdue's power is definitely the passing game, and um, it'll be interesting to see exactly what Joe Rossi has to dial up some pressure on whoever the quarterback for Purdue may be, um, because I think just bringing four isn't going to cut it, and especially if it ends up being Sindelar, uh, the Gophers are going to have to try and find a way to get some pressure here, because if he has time to sit back in the pocket, he's going to be able to pick the Gophers' defense apart. But um, I'm going to go optimistic. I've been optimistic the first three weeks. I'm going to stay optimistic. Sindelar doesn't play. The Gophers can get to the redshirt freshman, and the running game is in full effect. Minnesota will pull this one out. I will say, let's go 28-24. So you have some close predictions. I will also, for third, make this to be a reasonably close prediction. Similarly, as I mentioned, offensive line versus Purdue's defensive line. Andy seems to agree with me on the prediction front. And defensively, I think it really is going to matter a lot for the linebackers. It will, I think, be helpful if it rains for precisely the reason that Andy mentioned, which is that Purdue is more of a pass-heavy attack, a little bit harder to pass when it is wet out. So here we go for the Water Demon starting his next season off right on that front. I think Minnesota wins this game 28-21, but I also think for the fourth game in a row that if you are a neutral observer, you will enjoy the hell out of this game because something silly is going to happen. If you are a Minnesota fan, I suspect that you might enjoy it a little bit less, though hopefully all three of our predictions of a win come true such that you enjoy it on the end. The last thing that we'll close for, given that it's a road game, but while he is not here, two of our three members of the podcast will be in West Lafayette for this game. So make sure you come find them and badger them and, I don't know, give us money for ads or something. But separate from that, for you two, Andy and Blake, how are you planning on spending your tailgate? Well, I I imagine that we will... uh drag ourselves out of bed after what hopefully will be a fun Friday night out somewhere in the West Lafayette slash Lafayette area. I've been been looking. Apparently there are several uh, decently rated breweries in the uh, Lafayette Metroplex, so I imagine one or two of those at least will get visited on Friday evening. Um, Yeah, as far as I know, uh, and this is all from discussions with the the tall one, uh, tailgating ends up in, in like the intramural gold fields somewhere about a half mile away from the stadium so uh we'll be there uh throwing some of uh the finest sausages and drinking some of the finest beers from uh, minnesota and, and ohio that are brought over um hams you know i i will hams is 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 nice but i think we're gonna step it up and stick with the northeast you know just uh just to try and keep it a little classier um but yes if if you see a uh 
tall-looking dude wearing Zubas in maroon and gold, that would be us. Uh, I guarantee you, you will not find another guy wearing maroon and gold Zubas who is taller than 6'8". So just look for the tallest one. That will be us. Uh, And feel free to stop on by, say hi, and uh, if we're nice, we'll probably give you a beer. Or if you have other beers that you'd like to share with us, we gladly will accept. Blake, are you tailgating? Uh, as far as my tailgating will be, it will be probably just looking out for the Zubas and uh, finally meeting, you know, Andy and Chris in person. And, yeah, hopefully by then, seeing how, how, how many beers deep they are um, before the game. Also, for anyone uh, also going to the game, Hammer and Rails, the Purdue Espionation site, actually has a good um, game day guide that they update before every season. Um, for visitors just in terms of like parking places to eat things like that so i peruse that and there's a couple good lunch places to check out but yeah as far as my tailgating will go i'll be checking in make sure uh andy and chris haven't drank themselves to sleep well that's always a always a helpful thing glad that you are you are as the youngest member of that particular tailgate being the responsible one and for those of you who are watching the game on Saturday, we hope that you also responsibly enjoy it. And of course, we hope that the University of Minnesota wins. And so with that, thank you very much. Row the boat, Sky Yuma, go, go first. Go, go first.